Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. How's everyone doing? Follow me on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Please, please, please go to my new YouTube page at WilliamsonNFL. Uh, all these are available there as well as some other stuff I'm doing. But once again, I am in my hotel room between my two shows here in Indianapolis, and it's a blast. Yeah, the Combine's great. They have not yet hit the field when I recorded this for D-line and linebacker workouts. That's going to happen this afternoon. I have not yet seen heights and weights, so I will react to all that good stuff probably in our next podcast, which won't be recorded until Saturday. Friday for me is bonkers. I have five hours straight of radio and then a five-hour trip straight from there home to Pittsburgh, which I'm excited to get home, but it's great being here. Enough of that. So in the last 24 hours, a couple things have sort of happened. Um, it sure sounds like it's not official yet. I have not seen the compensation, but I'm going to go so far as to say Justin Fields to the Falcons is a done deal. Um, makes a lot of sense for Atlanta. Take him home, um, you know, back to the town he grew up in, a dome, which is I, I say that because of his speed. He plays better in, you know, a controlled environment. They have some playmakers around him. Great. That's not what we're here to discuss is Justin Fields fit with the Falcons. To be honest, I mean, unless I don't want to react too much to the compensation because I haven't seen it. But by the time you hear this, you probably will. Um, unless it's a ridiculously cheap expense, third round pick, you know, some package of mid round picks. I'm not brokenhearted about him not being a stealer. I'm just not. And that's not a ringing endorsement for Pickett or anything like that. It's just this draft is very top-heavy. I'm not excited to give up day two picks. I'd actually love the more I think about it, and we'll see how it goes. I wouldn't mind moving from 20 to 23 and pick up a day two pick and try to bring in another beefy draft class like the Steelers did last year. And that'd be tough to pull off with Fields. We've talked about Fields a fair amount. I'm rooting for him. I think his upside's immense, but he's got a lot of work to do from the pocket route concepts, seeing the field, the sacks he takes are really rough and he turns the ball over an awful lot. And he's only won 10 games in his career. You know, I mean, I know his supporting cast isn't great, but it doesn't break my heart that he got away, to be very honest with you. So such is life. Um, folks, Bet Online is your number one source for odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. With dozens of odds, props, and info on hundreds of sports, events, politics, and entertainment, you can get access to the world's best wagering information anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. I haven't really brought this up with you guys because I didn't think there was any credence to it. And I'm not saying there is now, but more and more random national folks or people that aren't super close to Steelers that I know in the media that do what I do are basically asking, what do you think the Steelers will get for Deontay Johnson? Not, is he getting traded or not? And I was like, I don't think he's getting traded. I, I just don't understand that. I mean, he's not a huge cap hit. He's got one year left on his deal. I've even thrown out there to put another you know, another year on the end of it to lessen his cap hit this year, ensure he doesn't leave the team. 
But a couple people have said, I think he's going to get traded, Matt. You know, like that, that are impartial national types because the, that, the folks that I've talked to here don't think the Steelers have an intention of resigning him. Okay. I mean, I can understand that. And some have said they just don't see eye to eye on some things. I mean, that, that not that they dislike each other, that the locker room's a mess or anything like that, but there could be some personal issues there or conflict. And I'm not saying that's the case. It's just been some folks have brought that up to me. So I just wanted to bring it up is if that's something that's in action, you know, the, the Allen Robinson podcast from yesterday holds a little more water. But I don't think Robinson's the answer. I don't think you'd get a return for Deontay that makes it worth it is why I've not even brought this up. I mean, at best, I think you get a third round pick at his age, his contract situation, maybe a little better, maybe, but it is a deep receiver draft. I'd love to see them add more picks as we talked about. But man, I think receiver, even with Robinson, Austin, et cetera, in the mix is a need no matter what. Um, I've thrown out some Westbrook Akine type names, KJ Osborns, who are really number three, number fours that I thought would make some sense in free agency. And that would still be the case. But wide receiver in the first round and definitely in the second round would very much be in play then. So I'm open to the idea of freeing cap space, gaining uh, more draft equity, if you're not planning to have any intentions at all in resigning him. But I don't know how you could consider yourself better at the position. I don't think they're going to go spend Mike Evans money or something like that, go get a big, big ticket item or, you know, trade for Brandon Ayuk. I mean, I, I just don't think that's the the move. But, hey, Ayuk's awesome. Evans is awesome. This draft class receivers are awesome. So I need to think about this more. But I do think – I guess it's a possibility. I used to just blow it off. And I'm just, that's what I'm telling you is I'm not, I'm not just totally blowing it off anymore. Maybe it's a possibility, but it didn't make a lot of sense for me for the near term, just because I don't know how you replace them. I'd like to have three quality receivers, then Robinson and Austin, not, you know, one and then Robinson and Austin, especially when you roll into the draft. So there's that. Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Cynthia Freeland. She works for NFL Network, pregame show. She's like their analytics expert. She sits down with us every year. That's a blast. She did that today. And we only got her for like 10 to 15 minutes, something like that. But she, a couple things stuck with me I just wanted to tell you guys about is I guess at the award, she, she said it's on the air, at the awards banquet, you know, where Cam won the man of the year, that she ran up to Mike Tomlin and said, you're my favorite coach. Now, I'm a Tomlin believer, but I would not think someone with a massive analytical math background would be a Tomlin fan. You know, I mean, he's more of the old school type coach. I mean, doesn't let analytics govern him. That's for certain. But she even references game management, something I'm really tough on him about. But she likes the way he manages the first half. And, to, and I don't know exactly how she phrased it, but basically the way he manages the first half to put his team in a position to win in the second half. I think I pretty much summed that up pretty well. That I get. I mean, his use of timeouts and challenges and things like that, I think, are questionable. But it was good to hear that from a very, very analytic nerd, you know, and I respect her work a great deal. We also had a good conversation about Arthur Smith. And I guess she knows him pretty well and said he is a very 
funny dude. You know, like he is a fun guy to be around. He is engaging. He cracks you up. You don't get that impression just seeing him on the sidelines and the look on his face. So I thought that was good. He's fun to be around. But we had a good conversation about play action, you know, that she's done extensive work and she's kind of at the top of her field. And this was years ago, but I knew this about her, that she's done extensive work on the value of play action. And I know that it's made her crazy over the years that the Steelers basically have ignored that shortcut, that cheat code. And she was ecstatic about it. I mean, even if if the offense stays really close to what it was, which it won't, and you could infuse an Arthur Smith level of play action, you're almost assured to go up dramatically in yards per play. I mean, there's just so much data backing that up that play action is so much more efficient and useful than not. And... The Steelers have ignored that for way too long. That, I can assure you, won't happen this upcoming year. So, Julia, I got for today. Um, I'll do my best to get you one as soon as possible on Saturday, but tomorrow's a crazy travel day for me. Um, have fun, man. Enjoy the combine. I sure am. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.